Good morning, everyone. Have you ever looked at a painting that you then wanted to step into? There might be some amazing, beautiful landscape or a picture of a place that so captivated you, that so drew you in. It's like you wanted to step into it. I was sure as I was thinking about this that I'd seen a film where that kind of happened, a few films. Alison suggested it was probably Mary Poppins, you know, where they, they paint the picture and then they step into them. They become part of the animation. I thought I was thinking of something a little bit more highbrow than that, but she, I don't know, you know, last week, was it, John Naylor was sharing an illustration from My Fair Lady, one of my favourite musicals, actually, uh, and today I'm talking about Mary Poppins. I don't know what that reveals about John and I, but I don't think it does much for our street cred with, with, with young people. I should be quoting Bruno Mars or something like that. I don't know who that is. It's just a name that I've heard, okay? Um, <clears throat> the reason I share that is I, I want you to think, you know, sometimes we can paint these great pictures, these great visions of how we'd love to see the church to be, what the, the kingdom of God coming to our world would be. But I wonder if we can not just paint the pictures, but actually step into those, put, I don't know, put the vision into practice, make the vision real. We talk about making the love of God real in the real world. How can we step into the visions that we're painting? When I became a Christian, um, I was, it was in the context of a Baptist church, and they were really big on um, how to read the Bible and how to pray and how to have your quiet time and so on. And it was, it was very good. It wasn't always inspiring. Then I kind of got swept into the charismatic movement and the restoration movement, and they were really great at painting fantastic pictures of a vision of a world transformed. Although I have to say sometimes it was like, for many charismatics, it was going like through an art gallery and going, ooh, isn't that wonderful? Ooh, yes, that'd be wonderful. But not necessarily doing any of the practical stuff to how do we step into what we see. One of my favorite preachers, though, of that time, my favorite preacher that I've heard in the flesh, anyway, was Bryn Jones. And Bryn was brilliant at painting pictures of the kingdom of God coming to our world and uh, really inspiring you. But he'd always end his sermons with something like this, saying, now, here's three things that you can do. Here's how we can move into this. He was always into practical application, because I don't know, if you're anything like me, you get really inspired by the exhortation and the vision, but you really want to have something that you can do to put it into practice as well. I, I knew Bryn a little bit and talked to him a number of times, and I remember many years ago him coming to a, a midweek meeting at a small church in Peterborough that I was part of at the time, and, and as he was leaving, I was waiting eagerly at the door to, to say goodbye. I always just love to talk to him, and as he was passing by, he just looked at me, tapped me on the chest. Bryn was a... If you, if you knew him, he was a quite rotund, jolly, avuncular type with a twinkle in the eye. And he, he tapped me on the chest and he said, a dream and a plan, Trevor. A dream and a plan. You must have a dream and a plan. You see, he was teaching me. I held on to that always. It's not, it's not enough just to have a, a great dream, a great picture of where we want to get to. We have to have a plan of how we're going to get there and what steps we're going to take. So I want to us to think about that this morning, putting the vision into practice. And as well as paintings, there's other 
illustrations we could use. I've talked sometimes of a, a beautiful, amazing dance of, of love and life that the church can be as we do relationship really, really well. And we can imagine it, but then we've got to actually learn the steps and work them out together, step on each other's feet maybe. Or think of a beautiful symphony, something like Beethoven's Ninth or something, the Ode to Joy. Wow, amazing. But people have got to actually learn the parts and practice them and then bring it together. Or a biblical image, the building a temple. We can't just spend all our time looking at artists' um, images of what it's going to look like or, or architects' drawings. You actually have to come to a time where you put the spade in the ground or you put one stone on top of another. We have to put it into practice. Putting vision into practice. Let me just give you a few verses from Scripture which show you the importance of putting things into practice, of putting God's word into practice. The first is from Ezekiel 33, and God says to the prophet Ezekiel, you know what, when some people listen to you, it's like this. To them you are nothing more than one who sings love songs with a beautiful voice and plays an instrument well, for they hear your words, but do not put them into practice. They're like the charismatics going through the art gallery and going, ooh, isn't it wonderful? Just listening to the lovely music, but not putting it into practice. Or a very famous one at the end of the Sermon of the Mount where Jesus has amazingly pictured for us what a radical life of following him would look like. He ends this with this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And then one final one from the Apostle Paul. In Philippians 4 verse 9, he says this. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So you might have seen something in me that captures you. You want a life like this. He says, well, put it into practice. And I think, by the way, it, it, it links practice and peace for a good reason. When we have a kind of vision and an idea of where we want to get to, but we're not taking the steps to get there, there's a kind of inner turmoil and inner conflict in us. But when we're moving towards it, it brings peace. So, this is my exhortation to us, folks. Uh, let's step into the pictures we have painted. I'm not just talking about the pictures that I paint as a preacher or as a leader. I'm talking about the pictures that we all paint in our minds of the kind of church we want to be, of the kind of world we want to see uh, being transformed Let's step into the pictures we have painted. And that's why for this coming season, over the next few months, we're staying with roots down, walls down, but we're looking at it in terms of how do we put this into practice. Let's get really practical about it. I hope that we have done some inspiring and exhorting as we've looked at this particular aspect of the painting of our vision roots down and walls down, people who are able to live fearlessly in our world with our walls down, able just to bless and serve and love and share life and influence because we're not scared, our roots are in Christ, our roots are in deep relationship with one another in local church and our roots are in community, the place where God has put us. From that position of being rooted, we can live unafraid in our world. And so we're going to be talking about how do we do this in practice and in a few weeks' time, John Naylor will talk to us about how do we practice the presence of God. That's a roots-down thing. I'm really glad that we're going to have Steve Jones teaching on an aspect of walls down. And that's just being able to talk with strangers, people we don't know, 
and yet sharing with them about the things that really matter, spiritual things, not necessarily ramming the gospel down their throat, but just opening them up to spiritual things. Steve's great at that, and he's going to come and teach us on that. And next week, I'm really thrilled, Sarah is going to be sharing with us on how to practice hospitality. That's walls down. And I think hospitality is a key. In fact, at the Pioneers Conference recently, uh, a number of us were listening to what has has got to be one of the fastest speakers I've ever heard. You you, you might think I was fast. This was the Usain Bolt of public speaking. Um, His name, Patrick Dixon. That's right. And he was going like the clappers, sharing all kinds of great things. But I just caught one thing that just really stuck with me. He says, because he was talking about the future, what the future is going to look like. And he said this, hospitality is going to be a key. And I believe that. There's a lot of people at the moment talking about, you know, it's, it's not the platform, it's the table when it comes to church. And I do believe the table is going to be really important. I don't think we should create binary opposites, by the way. I think there'll always be a place for coming together for public worship, if that's what platform means. I think there'll always be a place for the public preaching of God's word. But I do nevertheless believe the table is going to be really, really central. We're even, we're even redesigning some of our house because we think hospitality is going to be so important. That's... That's how important I think it is. And I'm, I'm reminded of a word. It keeps coming back to me. So many years ago, actually, that Peter Rawlinson spoke. He said, a key for us would be open hearts and open homes. That's hospitality. You see, some people may not be able to open their homes. There might be all kinds of practical reasons why you can't do that. But there's nothing to stop you having open hearts. And so, anyway, Sarah is going to be talking to us very practically about hospitality and as well as a shirt on a Sunday morning sharing about how we put this vision into practice you'll already know it's been shared again this morning that uh, in our hubs we're going to be doing this uh, series of being equipped in really practical things like how to pray how to understand the bible um, how to walls down here how to um, bring the word of God into our everyday world and so we really want to encourage everybody to be engaged in that, the being practically equipped for the future. By the way, um, we won't just be doing the practical because it's very, very important we keep the breath of the Holy Spirit in all of this. We're not just arranging the bones and polishing the bones. We want the breath of the Holy Spirit in it all. So in two weeks' time, we're still going to be doing our simply worship time where all we do is just we worship God together. There'll be no preaching of the word. And during this season, we're going to keep our corporate prayer time together on uh, once a month every Wednesday sorry on a Wednesday every month we're going to come together to pray and we want to encourage you to to just be worshiping God seeking God praying to God at the same time as we're doing this practical equipping so there's breath as well as bones but why this season then why this season of practical equipping Uh, especially as things are beginning to open up well well that's it really I, with others, sense there is a fresh hope stirring, a fresh hope of a new future in a world that is opening up. I say a fresh, let's say something about fresh hope, first of all. I don't know if you, you probably noticed, just in the natural, what the weather is like, what the season is like. You wake up in the morning and the sun is shining. And the skies are blue. You think, oh, it's lovely. I'll just walk out into that. And you walk out and go, oof, it's cold. And there's, there's, there's frost on the grass. I mean, the other day, I was literally 
getting out to go for, to work, and there was a lovely blossom on the trees down the street, but I'm scraping ice off my, my window screen. It's strange. And some of us might feel that emotionally and spiritually. We can, we can see and sense there's new life and there's something happening, and yet we still feel a bit cold, we still feel a bit scared, we want to wrap up warm. And, and I understand that, and that's okay. But do nevertheless take notice. You can see and you can sense that new life is coming. There's a fresh hope in the air, folks. I, I really do believe that. It's warming up. Now, don't follow this illustration all the way because if you know what some of our summers are like, it could put you off. So don't, uh, don't follow it. But you get the scent. There's, some, there's a fresh hope. There's something new in the air. And it's a fresh hope of what I keep on calling. And I don't know where I first learned this phrase or I just picked it up. But it's a new future. It's a fresh hope of a new future. It's not the future necessarily we were expecting and we were aiming for. Things are going to be different. We can't think that things are just going to go back to normal. There's a new future. But that's exciting. I know it's frightening at times, but it's also exciting. And when we're rooted in Christ, we can focus on the exciting bit, not the frightening bit. But there is going to be a new future. And that's exciting. And it's a fresh hope of a new future in a world that is opening up. It's literally opening up, we trust, certainly in this nation, over the next few weeks and months, coming out of lockdown gradually. But it, our world is opening up in, new way, in other ways as well, folks. Um, the reports that there are of people praying, of people engaging in online church, of people coming to Alpha courses and so on, the world is opening up. What's happened that we could not have expected with this online church has been quite amazing right across our country. There is a responsiveness to spiritual things, and I believe there will be a responsiveness to the gospel. There is a world that is opening up. So we have a fresh hope of a new future in a world that is opening up. That's why we want to be equipped to respond to the opportunities in that. I believe in that new future, there's opportunities for those who are putting vision into practice, those who are equipping themselves, and those who are putting roots down and walls down. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we sense and we see you're doing a new thing. There is fresh hope in the air, even if at times we feel a little bit afraid and we want to stay in and dress up warm. But Lord, something is beginning to be born in the Spirit in this new time. And Lord, we just want to be those who are able to respond to it. And part of that response is that we get ourselves ready, practically. Help us to do that, this Lord. Help it not just to become a mechanical thing, but help it to carry the breath of your Spirit as we do it. But Lord, Holy Spirit, help us. Help us as we step into the vision that you have painted for us and we become part of our own future we become part of all that you're doing in our nation and in our world at this time amen